This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, welcome back. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. Rob Breckenridge with you. Our final half hour here today, we'll hand things over to Angela Kokon at 3 o'clock. Uh, she'll have Calgary today for you. Uh, nine seven four talk is our number. We'll have some more time for your calls too before uh, our time is up here. But I do want to turn our attention. Well, obviously, we talked earlier about a very high-profile murder case uh, up in Edmonton. We've got closing arguments in uh, high-profile high and a certainly very disturbing murder case right here in Calgary. And it concerns the death of 15-year-old Alex Radita, and his parents are charged with murder in connection with his death. And as I said earlier, I mean, it does seem like a high bar the Crown has set here. Prosecutor Susan Pepper in her closing arguments today says the Crown respectfully submits that it has proven all of the elements of first-degree murder in this case beyond a reasonable doubt. This boy died essentially of starvation as well as untreated diabetes. And it didn't have to be that way. There are kids who live every day with diabetes who are normal and healthy children. This is a 15-year-old boy who weighed 37 pounds. This was a boy that when he was younger, he was in foster care. He was basically a happy and a chubby little kid. Uh, the parents regained custody. They moved from B.C. to Alberta. And basically nobody knew what was going on in that house. The, the, the child didn't go to school. But the parents had a responsibility to keep him safe and keep him healthy, and they didn't do that. But as the Crown proved murder, David Bushy with Global News is uh, at the courthouse uh, following developments today. David, thanks for making some time for us here. Oh, you're very welcome, Rob. Uh, so we're now at uh, the closing argument stage is what's happening today, correct? Yes, we are. Uh, the defense uh, was rather brief yesterday. It presented their arguments. And uh, now it's, as you say, the uh, Crown prosecutor, Susan Pepper. And uh, it's quite lengthy. It's not even clear she'll be uh, uh, done with her arguments at the end of the day today. We'll just have to wait and see. What are the what's the defense trying to argue here? Well, the defense says basically that uh, yes, there's evidence that the uh, Rodita's received instruction on how to properly manage uh, their son's diabetes when the family lived in BC. In fact, uh, and you alluded to that. Uh, uh, young Alex, uh, as a toddler, was actually hospitalized because of the same issues that we're talking about now. Uh, and he was removed uh, uh, by Child and Family Services and put into foster care. And then he, he got healthy and got basically turned into a healthy little boy because his diabetes was being managed correctly. Uh, and, and, and that presumably is because he was uh, receiving the proper care. In other words, uh, the insulin shots he needed and, and so forth. Uh, so uh, the defense, though, is saying that just because the parents received instruction doesn't necessarily mean that they actually got it. Uh, and there has been testimony uh, that the Raditas, especially the mom, uh, Radhika, uh, never accepted the diagnosis of di- uh, diabetes from the beginning and only reluctantly went along with uh, some of it. Uh, and so the Crown, oh, sorry, the defense is saying that, um, you know, it, it's a really a huge leap to go from refusing to treat uh, your son's uh, diabetes or manage it properly to having the intent necessary um, to be proven uh, to establish first-degree murder, that, um, that that hasn't been proven in this case, and, and that's the defense position. So are they trying to argue that they loved their child and they didn't want him to die? That, that, is that essentially what, what they're trying to argue? 
Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah. The, I mean, this is a big family. It's a family of eight children. Um, and, uh, you know, um, there was a, a video that was played in court a couple of days ago, uh, shot by one of the daughters. Uh, and it's shaky, handheld camera video stuff. And the kids, uh, you can hear the kids acting up and being goofy. It's, at least this was the family on an outing, I think, to a museum and uh, perhaps the Turtle Museum. But uh, everybody's kind of chiming in. You don't hear Alex's voice, however, but he is in the vehicle. And so I, I think that was an indication of uh, this was one big happy family, at least at one point. Well, and there are some rather disturbing aspects to this case as well that are very troubling for the defense. Um, you know, the witnesses who have testified that, you know, the Reditas refused to accept that, that Alex had diabetes, that they refused to, to treat him, that even the day when he died, uh, little was done. Even the, the time in between realizing that perhaps he was dead and, and when 911 was called, there was a house full of people. They were all praying, apparently. So the very odd details and, and troubling details about how the parents dealt with the boy, how they dealt with his, his obvious medical condition. Yeah, and that's uh, something uh, that uh, I think a lot of people are asking, and that is uh, how could parents or any parents uh, deny their child uh, proper care. Um, you know, he's diagnosed with diabetes. He goes through an episode. He's hospitalized in BC. The parents have, have gone through this, saw him uh, recover, and the child is returned to, to them. And then they move to Alberta. And then there's a bit of a disconnect in terms of what happened to BC and, and Alberta. And of course, that's another issue. But uh, yeah, it, it is disturbing. Um, and, and you said uh, at the outset that the uh, Crown has. Uh, set a high bar by um, going after them for first-degree murder. Uh, they have to prove to establish first-degree murder that this was planned and deliberate. Uh, mm -hmm. But we haven't heard yet in the uh, arguments as, to, as anything to motive as to why parents would do this. But in, in terms of uh, planning and deliberation, it's the Crown's uh, belief, and we heard this today, that uh, the planning was uh, that they would uh, isolate Alex from the rest of the world to keep him away from prying eyes of medical professionals, teachers, and that sort of thing, you know, who could see his condition. Uh, and and they, they, they deliberately uh, kept him confined in the house, in a room. And it, it was so bad uh, that uh, in his final days, uh, Susan Pepper said, he was as dependent as an infant. Um, you know, he couldn't go to the bathroom on his own. He had a diaper. Uh, this is a very sad case. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Um, but it, it does seem clear um, that, that, I mean, he wasn't in public school and he didn't, there, there wasn't a family doctor. So no doctors in Alberta saw him as, as far as we're aware. That's correct. Um, so, but then it gets to, was that uh, part of deliberate planning? But that was certainly the, the end result, that very few people actually saw this boy. So um, what happens next? Is, is the Crown continuing to, to make its, its arguments then? Yes, um, the Crown had indicated uh, prior to today that they would be quite lengthy. And, uh, and I was just up there and uh, Susan Pepper was going over points, salient points uh, regarding the law. Uh, elements needed to uh, uh, get a conviction of first-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter, and the differences and so forth. And then she's going to be moving into case law, uh, cases of similar facts, similar 
uh, outcomes and so forth, and uh, you know what the verdicts were in those cases. Uh, and that's that's, always, that's something that lawyers do. They always try to tie cases into other cases uh, that set some kind of precedent. And then once all that is done, it will be up to um, Madam Justice Karen Horner of Court of Queen's Bench uh, to come up with a decision. But given the length of the trial, the Crown's case was about five weeks, and then we've had all of this week, and plus uh, the length of the submissions today. Uh, the uh, Madam Justice has quite a lot on her plate to uh, digest and consider as she comes up with a, a reasoned decision, and I would expect she would reserve that uh, to some point in the future. Who knows? It could be a week, two weeks, two months. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, David, thanks for the update. Appreciate this. My pleasure. Thank All you, right. That's uh, David Bushy with Global News uh, covering the closing arguments today. So the Crown uh, seems quite convinced that they've proven the case of first-degree murder. I guess we need to hope so. Uh, you know, the prospect of these parents walking here is is troubling. We saw today, though, uh, a judge reject the Crown's argument of first-degree murder and then find and impose a guilty verdict on, on charges of second-degree murder. So in a case like this, presumably then, there may be some of that leeway available to the judge. But I don't know that a judge can just run down the gabin and say, you know, you didn't prove first-degree murder, but I think this was criminal negligence, or I think this was failing to provide the necessaries of life. Um, so a not guilty verdict on first-degree murder might well just be a not guilty verdict. And it's pretty horrific what these parents did, how they dealt with a boy who, who clearly could have and would have thrived had they provided him the medical attention he needed. And, and to, to see the pictures, to read the state he was in, by the end, with, with bed sores and, you know, soiled diapers. He was 37 pounds at 15 years of age. It's, it's horrific. No other word to describe it. Quick break here. When I come back, a few of the stories to touch on uh, in our time remaining. 974-8255. You want to jump in as well on the phones here. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.